What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I am your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing great. Cool, cool. Yeah. It's it's summer now. It's nice outside. Is it nice where you are? Because it's been raining where... Alex yeah, we got hail the other day, which yeah. was um, weird to have in May. Hail? Yeah, yeah it's, in California. it's been cold. I've been wearing a sweater all day near the end of May. So. It's nice. Well, <laughs> it's beautiful here. So, And uh, I had a fit today because I saw a little girl with a Princess Leia t-shirt on, and I really wanted to go up and hug her, but I knew that would be inappropriate. And I'm really struggling with this, guys. Um but you know, tis what it is. Uh, what's going on with you guys' Star Wars life? Man, uh, not not a lot, honestly. Uh, not not maybe <laughs> anything. Rather, I think about it, I I've been just so uh, preoccupied with uh, like a lot of other a lot of other things and starting work again and and uh, a lot of other stuff. So I haven't really. I haven't really well, been doing should, anything. We should mention, though we will not talk about it, that in the time since we've spoken last, you know, there's been End Games and there's been Game of Thrones. There's a lot been many of games. Other types the End of games. Game of yeah. Thrones. Yes. <laughs> it did end. Um, so, so uh, which you know we don't need to to talk about. No, this there's uh, no need for spoiler alert. Or, this is Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. It was crazy yeah, when no, all I've... the droids showed up. Right? <laughs> it's very inspired. Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. But yeah, but I've been in I've been in Marvel World in my head. But I've 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 saved a little space for Star Wars. I'm still getting through Dark Disciple. I'm liking it so much. Yeah, it's great. Um, I was wondering if you guys want to do like a book club ep- episode next time or something because I feel like I really want to. I mean, dig we've into both this read it, yeah. So I'd have to refine right? it because I have it packed, but I would totally be down to discuss that book. Yeah, I need to like reread the synopsis just to be like, oh, I need to kind of try and remember like what happened. I remember the big beats, but there's a lot of things that I don't remember. From well, it. It, it, and it's two weeks ahead, or maybe we should say four weeks because we could give the homework to our listeners and they can read along. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take to read a book? I read that one and <laughs> like... It depends on how fast you yeah, read. Yeah, I think I read that in like three days. Okay, I think two, two weeks, weeks is enough uh, for our people. A couple weeks is enough. Right. It, it takes so me... Next, two, like, I know people will listen to audiobooks at like twice the speed. I can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, I read like at the rate of speech, and so I uh, like. There's no way I'm going any faster than an audiobook, so it's gonna take me hours and hours to finish a book. Like, yeah, a long time. So, but you did remind me, Becky, that I did. I have been reading more Master and Apprentice. Oh, um, how's that going? It's getting better as it goes. It started off and it was jumping between these three sets of characters. And I'm like, man, what, why do I care about these other people? I just want to be with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan mm. like the whole time. So that's the, just for people who don't know, like the Master and Apprentice is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan pre-Phantom Menace. Yes, it's pre-Phantom Menace. Uh, and it's like Obi-Wan is a lot younger in it. Um and it's very interesting, like, actually getting to see, like, Qui-Gon not thinking he's a good teacher and Obi-Wan also not thinking he's a good teacher <laughs> and stuff like that. And every time they're talking or doing something, I really like it. And yeah. then I'm wondering what these other characters are doing here, you know? But yeah, because they're not even in the same place. They're off doing something else. And I'm like, I believe in you, Claudia. <laughs> I believe in you, Claudia Gray. <laughs> I'm sure these will all connect at some point, you know, in some sure. grand way that I did not see coming. But right now, I'm so early in it. I'm like, maybe uh, about to be at a third, maybe a fourth through it. Okay. And like, they ha- that hasn't happened. But I know that around the 100-page mark, and I'm on page like 80-something, so- sp- something crazy is supposed to happen, so... <laughs> that's a weird spoiler or well i i saw heard. someone on twitter just say like oh my god page 100 and whatever oh my god 
for they did that's all they said so i was like all right well but that that makes hmm. me want to keep going because i that's the kind of spoiler i'm not uh i'm not opposed to they just found a typo like, oh on that something page. cool really happens on page like 200 you know <laughs> then i'm like oh i want to get to page 200 like i find that a motivating spoiler not like a so i'm just you know. gonna do that every time you start a new book i'm just gonna send you a tweet like yeah. that's like oh page 417 you won't believe your eyes. Pa- books um, only 320 <laughs> pages long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's exciting. And I always feel like with books, you got to give it at least 100 pages. I feel like that's the mark when you can decide, eh, I don't know if I want to keep slogging on or this is this is for me. Um, kind of like the first 30 minutes of a film. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. I'm jealous. I want to read that one next. I'm in a master no. and apprentice kind of mood, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have an audible credit, and I could get Jedi Lost, Dooku well, Jedi Lost, I'm, but I haven't gotten I'm, it yet because I, I feel like I'm juggling too many books and things right now, so I don't want to add another to the pile. So I'm, 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 I'm holding on. You know, I've got the credit to my chest, and like when I finish one of these, I will reward myself <laughs> with, with Dooku Jedi I, Lost, but right now I am not listening. I do want to listen to that. I think I have to get it probably this week since i've been hearing different things about it and i'm very and as such ventures is my favorite character in star wars so i'm super looking forward to listening to this me too i talked to the writer at um uh star wars celebration who was uh, he was awesome and he gave me a signed poster and he was such a chill dude um and he had worked for the bbc for some of their old radio drama so this is a radio drama with you know dooku and ventress and I'm super psyched for it. And he sold me right in that moment. <laughs> like, I bought the Audible. But I want to get done with Dark Disciple first. And, yeah, I'm just ventressing out right now. I can't wait. And whoever does the voice for Ventress is not the voice for no, yeah. Wars, but she sounds mm-hmm. very good. She's very close. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait. Cool. Yeah. What What about you, Alex? Um Star Warsy, been working on some patches for a uh, Tiki Five Hundred First little group that we've been unofficially making. Uh, so in the process of that, working on a few other art projects for D Twenty Three Expo and uh, Celebration. Yeah, you got to nice. start early because if you wait till the very end, you're trying to do orders and you know you don't have the time to do it, and it's gonna get here before you know it. Yep. We've got to. We. It feels like uh, I feel way more pressured on celebration, even though we just had it. Well, because it's only a year away, I'm like, we got to do all this stuff now. We got to get ready for it, like right now. You know. Yeah, because you ne- <laughs> even though I know that that like we've we probably won't have to fill out like applications and stuff until like October and things like that, and we won't have to have that stuff ready until next march you know but like <laughs> i'm still like okay we gotta get going it's time yeah, it yeah. creeps up on you it does i mean for how long and it's and it's yeah, it, it's it's and it also just feels closer because it's so close. it's literally like, and phys- actually physically closer. to yeah. us yeah yeah i'm so happy i can drive so. instead of fly like uh just so happy yeah same I'm Same. happy that we won't have to fight through a snowstorm during yeah. the convention. <laughs> Unless climate change takes a like huge, hey. makes huge leaps and bounds in the next year, well, you should be fine. Who knows? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, uh, we actually have a really fun topic this week. So should we get into it? Let's do it. All right. Once again, everyone, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of '77. Or Solo was your first Star Wars film. You're welcome here. And now, on with the show. Alright, so I think it was Monday? Wait, today is Monday. Today is indeed Monday. It was yesterday. Sunday. Tuesday. <laughs> Sunday. God, man. Let's, I followed let's it rewind up. to the beginning of this. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sunday, yesterday, uh, was actually the 20th anniversary of when Phantom Menace opened in theaters. Whoa. 
which was nuts to hear. But then I think about it, and I was like, you know, I was in high school. Or not high school. Wow. <laughs> that would be really old. Uh, I was in elementary school. Yeah. Um, I would have been, let's see, 2001, sixth grade. So we'll go back to, so fourth grade. I would have been in fourth grade when The Phantom Menace came out, which is really weird to think about. Uh, yeah. Where where were you when Darth Maul came? Well, I was just gonna say real quick, was that a super depressing like using 9/11 to remember where you were when Phantom Menace came I out? I mean, I'm sure it is, but that's just the thing <laughs> anyway. I remember was that that happened when I was in sixth grade. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Uh, it was funny. Um, Neil Druckmann, um, Last of Us creator, tweeted something. He was like, "Oh, I see that Phantom Menace is t- trending." You know, I thought to myself, oh, it must be the 10-year anniversary. And then I looked at the actual facts, and then it has the gif of what's-her-face from Game of Thrones reacting to um, sexy, sexy man getting his face squished in. Like, ah! Oh, uh, the the Dorn lady. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just horror. It's been 20 years. Yeah, I was a kid when it came out, so that feels about right. I'm just glad it's not later. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it. I was nine years old when it came yep. out, which it was the best thing that ever happened. Crazy, to me. yeah. It like I remember back then, like you know, the internet was fairly new. I know that we had it in our house, but I I wasn't like on it all the time yet. Right. And so, and I would not have been engaged with, you know, whatever this whatever the fandom was which which by the way hello greedo one of my favorite uh star wars youtubers put up this uh, great video this week about how people felt about the fandom or uh, phantom menace like back then yeah and like he goes through all these forum posts and it's like exactly the same oh, yeah. as it is now it's that's it's so depressing crazy how how much like He's like, there's all these. He's like, there were all these people defending it, and there were all these people hating it, and then there were people calling each other out, and there was like tons of drama and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, it sounds so familiar. Why does that sound so familiar? (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's. um, I recommend going to watch it. I don't remember what it was called, but just look up Helen Greedo. And uh, I wouldn't have known about that stuff, but I know that in in my elementary school like people liked it like yeah kids my age liked it it wasn't until we got older and you know we were on the like internet and stuff yeah um that it started to be a thing where people would be like no those movies suck and i kind of bought into that for a while and then it wasn't actually until this show weirdly enough Really? That, like, we revisited it, and then I realized, wait, I actually like this movie. I don't know why, you know, I was I was buying into, like, everybody's criticisms and things. And then when I just looked at it by myself, I just remembered what it was like to be a nine-year-old again. It was nice. like, oh, I remembered, like, as a kid, I actually liked Jar Jar. And, like, yes. and it, it, like, that didn't bother me. No, no, it's funny. Um, in my head, when we were talking about doing this episode, I was like, didn't we just do a whole episode on, on episode one? And I, I pulled out my notes and it was uh, July 26th, 2017, which is insane because we've almost been doing this show for two years. Uh, um, as of actually, as point. of like, I think two days from now, it'll be our two year anniversary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary, yeah. guys. Woo. Um, but yeah, no, watching it back two years ago, and I don't think I've seen it since then, um, I was reminded, of course, of my excitement and how much I loved it. I never went through that hate phase. Um, I I loved it so aggressively from the moment I found out it was even going to exist. Yeah. <laughs> that there was, there's really nothing that could take place in that You're movie. You're telling me there's be. more Star Wars? Uh, right. It's like, oh, that's awesome. I'll just watch more of this. I'll never forget it. And the experience of seeing it, I, I took all like 10 of my best friends out of class and we all piled them illegally in the back of my dad's car. Oh, and yeah. we all went to the theater to see it on opening day. And 
Um, I remember I had a Darth Vader t-shirt that I was wearing. Um, and yeah, it was the greatest moment ever. And, you know, I think as many people have been writing about this week in Celebration, um, the extended universe, specifically the Clone Wars, really... I think, and maybe that's part of the reason why Josh, you start to you've started to like the the prequels more, is because the Clone Wars really does add layers to, especially Anakin's storyline, um, that makes all of that prequel stuff feel a little bit fuller. Um, but you know, I always loved Episode One. I I think it has some of the best moments in the series, and uh, you know, we can I'm sure we're gonna all talk about our favorite moments, but. I never went through that hate phase, and I'm honestly glad that we're kind of through it as a as a fandom. At Celebration, you know, I was worried that there was going to be this anti-Phantom Menace thing because they were celebrating Phantom Menace, but, you know, Ahmed Best got a huge applause when he came on the Star Wars live stage, and, you know, that makes me happy. Yeah. What were your initial reactions when you were I a kid, cried. Alex? No, my initial reaction, it was, I remember the very first thing, you know, because as a five years old I watched the Star Wars movies and that was like one of my first memories getting the VHS box set from Santa Claus as a kid and I used to Mm -hmm. read Star Wars Insider and the Star Wars Galaxy magazines and those are a little expensive but I'd save up my allowance and then they announced that they're going to do new Star Wars movies and I was so excited like oh my god like you know my parents got to watch the Star Wars movies when they were younger now we get to watch our own and then the release yeah. of the first poster the teaser poster of little anakin skywalker walking in the desert with his darth vader shadow behind him like i remember seeing that in bus stops and just like it was so exciting because this was a new movie <laughs> that was going to connect directly to these movies that you know i had loved for i don't know how many years at that point i mean i was 11 years old and just seeing these posters i wanted to break into the bus shelters and just steal one which somehow i ended up <laughs> with one of them i don't know how but i have one I don't know don't how, know but how. I do have one, like, rolled up somewhere. Um, <laughs> but it was just, you know, out the hype. And I remember talking to friends in school being like, there's a new Star Wars movie. And they're like, what's Star Wars? So I had to, you know, talk to them about yeah. it and, and watching the merchandise come out and running to the stores to try to buy, you know, the very first Darth Maul action figure with his baby face. And you had no idea who he was. You were going <laughs> to buy it anyways because everyone wanted the cool guy with the horns. And then you're looking at, of course, right? The little and it's great because he's got horns. He's the cool. figure had this like baby face Darth Maul with these little nubby yellow nubs on his head, and it looked almost nothing like the character. But you know, we didn't know who he was, and it, he looked so cool. He, you know, the first double sided lightsaber ever. Everyone went crazy for that figure. Yeah. I went crazy for that figure, and I had an aunt who worked at Kmart at the time, and she knew I was super into Star Wars. And uh, we went to go visit, and she's like, hey, uh, we just got a whole new box of figures. Who do you need? And she cherry-picked every single <gasps> one. The only one they didn't have was Darth Maul. So at the time, I spent, I think, $20 to have it shipped from the Star Wars Insider magazine because I couldn't find him. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I've, always, That's amazing. I've always been a fan of the movie. I've never had this whole hate thing. It's, for me, it was, you know, it was made for kids. Back then, we knew it was made for kids. Yep. Jar Jar Binks is never made as an adult character. Uh, the whole story is about a kid. Like, it's PG. Yep. It's not rated R. It's not PG-13. I've but. heard some interesting uh, things about Jar Jar since, like, in the like uh, recently about how it's supposed to be this Shakespearean sort of, like, fool who's supposed to kind of point out that, like, things are not as serious. Which... Uh, C-3PO and R2 sort of do that yeah. as well, but well, the, the, this, uh, Jar Jar was meant to be that, and it kind of made me appreciate him a little bit. It kind of does, and then at the same time, though, you hear interviews of George Lucas back in the day, and he's like, yeah, I made Jar Jar Binks to be a silly character for kids. Like, he just flat out says it. Like, yeah. this is a kid's movie. Like, I'm not trying to say... Yeah, you, you can ignore it. You can just it. have fun <laughs> with this dude who sticks his tongue in between two pod race engines and gets all numb and can't talk for it yeah like that whole scene is just (laughs) dumb fun i don't know i've I've always enjoyed them i mean i remember buying our tickets sitting in line at the fremont movie theater 
at for the 6 p.m. showing. I think. Did you see it there too? Because it was only that was the only theater. No, I went it. to the Newark one. I think Newark wasn't showing it. Only Fremont. Okay, then I must have gone to, to Fremont. Fremont. The one that's that was where the Planet Fitness yeah. is. Yes, then I must have gone there. And I remember there wasn't that many people when well, I we went. went. I don't think I went opening uh, day. I went like. I went on like a Thursday or something. Yeah, we went opening day. As soon as I got out of school at 3 o'clock, we went to Rayleigh's, picked up a tri-tip and some French bread, and then got in line for like the 6.30 or 7 o'clock show. Nice. So we had tri-tip sandwiches while everyone else was just like sitting there, and they kind of gave us dirty looks. And so a few of them went to go get pizzas. But I remember just sitting in line, you know, eating these sandwiches, like waiting for the Star Wars movie. And there was all the different lines for all the other showings at the same time. And then yeah. there was this one yeah. guy who, I don't know where he came from, he just comes into the, you know, the crowd is like, everybody, listen, they are not playing this movie in Dolby Surround Sound, whatever, whatever. We're all going to get $5 gift cards when it's done. And he cheered, and I assumed he was expecting everyone else to cheer, and everyone ignored him. Or like, and then it, it was just a weird memory to have, but I remember walking in with the giant popcorn and the soda, and you're sitting down, and you watch the movie, and it's just like, yes. Oh, gosh. It was such a good movie. Such it's a putting good movie. me back. And then even before that, <laughs> watching that first trailer where, you know, every saga has a beginning, and you have that fog, and you have that weird Gungan creature walking through the mist, and it just shows flashes of Darth yeah. Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi, pod racing, you know, Jabba the Hutt. It just, it, you had things that were familiar, yeah. but that were also not familiar, and it felt cool. You're putting me right back in that moment. I remember exactly where I was sitting in the theater. I remember just being overwhelmed when the crawl started. And you mentioned something briefly. Like, it was a moment where I was obsessed with Star Wars already. And, yeah, no one else in my life was. Um, None of the other kids in my class. And I had a tiny class at that age. I only had 15 kids in my grade. And uh, when the new Star Wars movies were announced, it was like I got to be cool because I knew what was going on. And... You know, I got to tell all the other kids what was going on, and um, it was, like, such an exciting moment to be then again at the center of, like, popular culture, and it's similar to the feeling that I'm having now, but, yeah, no, I I just remember being obsessed. I remember, you know, all the merchandise, you know, watching it with my friend um, uh, Nicole Mason. Uh, We would watch it over the phone together on VHS, and we would sync it up so that, you know, it would mirror exactly so we could hear the echo. (laughs) We wouldn't have to hear an echo. Like we would you do. It, like you do when you're kids and in, you know, fifth grade. And we would just watch the movie over and over again. And, uh, yeah, no, it was it was everything for me. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I know we have, like, facts and fun stuff that we should get into, but. No, I mean, uh, the best fact is remembering yeah. where you were for that movie. Because I know we're not the only ones that experience yeah. this and, you know, have these memories of. You know, you growing up and seeing a new Star Wars movie, seeing these teaser trailers and merchandise and the ridiculous stuff they had at KFC and the Pepsi cans. And I mean, there's, they went, <laughs> cans. we'll get all, into that. Some yeah, of that they went stuff. all out for this movie. It, a little, a little much, and, but it's, it's cool to remember all of these things. And we were yeah. so lucky. I mean, let's just give thanks for a moment that we were the perfect age. We were the absolute perfect age for that. Um, and I feel like I'm the perfect age for this new sequel, uh, the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, I'm so glad that I was a kid and I was able to walk into Phantom Menace with my heart and my eyes open wide and, and just, you know, fall deeper in love with I mean, Star Wars. I mean, you could argue we were all the, I don't want to say correct age, but we were at the most vulnerable age for this to be, like, seared into our it, brains it, yeah, forever. It influenced right. me, like, more than I <laughs> thought anything ever could. I mean, just looking at where i'm sitting totally. i see star wars everywhere <laughs> and then i turn on my phone and my back wallpaper yeah. star wars like yeah yeah i, I have on my I, my wallet a photo mosaic of yoda which is not episode one but it was given to me by a friend from that time period of my life because we went to star wars together and it's still hanging on my wall yeah, yeah. i have to say too like phantom menace feels different than the other two prequels I don't know if you guys agree, but to me, it feels like way different. Uh, uh, like two and three sort of blend together sometimes just because they kind of they kind of look the same. 
Yep. Um, like a lot of the what the thing, well, you know, what the overarching plot is about is the same. And, and you know, I I realize that there are parts of episode one that have, you know, like parts of that overarching story in them. But I almost feel like Phantom Menace, like it it feels very complete, but it also just has like such a an interesting and rich design that the rest of them yes. sort of don't has that yes. royal glamour and kind i of feel. and i sort of appreciate it a lot like more for that like i'm starting to as much as i like revenge of the sith i'm starting to lean more like i like phantom menace more than revenge yeah. and i think i've seen phantom menace probably more than any of the other ones because when true when it came out on vhs i still would have been like 10 so i still would have been watching it on repeat you know so yeah, the design is, is out of control from the costumes to the ships to, you know, all the Trade Federation tech, Darth Maul obviously being the coolest thing that's ever happened um, visually, I think, in the series. And then, of course, the you know, the other stuff, the music, creativity, creative, creatively, mm-hmm. the CGI creatively, and then, you know, the choreography of the greatest, you know, Star Wars uh, lightsaber battle we've had on film. Um, everybody was just putting ideas into this and it feels yeah it feels like a prologue like this complete like very visually rich prologue um i think it's a good point you make josh the next two really do kind of have the same look and style even though obviously the third one is is very dark um but i don't know this one does have this unique visual you know, thing before everything went wrong, you know, everything was still shining. Well, it was very mm-hmm. new too. It was the introduction to a new part of the galaxy we hadn't seen. Whereas the, the next ones right. kind of took pieces from what had already been established in the original films and also what was being established in the new one. Kind of feel the same way with The Force well, that, Awakens right. where you have that newness again too, which you don't necessarily well, that have. Well, that I would say it's interesting that as the... Um, movies have gone on and it would be interesting to try and think about this with the sequel trilogy even though i i don't i don't know if it necessarily adheres um but like i almost feel like phantom menace is like super colorful and bright and shiny and as the movies go on all the way through six they sort of become more and more decrepit and dark until you get to six where it starts to brighten up again and I would argue like seven and eight are, uh, I don't know, quote unquote bright movies, but they're not, uh, I don't know that they necessarily adhere to like that overarching sort of style the same way. Uh, but the the color, the use of color in the sequel trilogy is also amazing. So I don't, I'm not trying to like knock them for that, but like, right. I'm just saying like, it is, I, th- I find it really fascinating that on all of the Lucas movies, there does seem to be this sort of overarching visual style, like along with the plot too. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Becky, like before everything goes to crap, you know? Right. Right. So, and I, and by the way, we don't listeners, we don't mean that like the movies got bad. We mean like the actual state of the storyline. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was going to say the yes. state of the galaxy, um, but yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That's that. what, that's what we mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything got there was war yeah because then all the ships all the ships become like gross and broken down and i mean we all know this is literally yeah what the what those things name it was called that before the star war (laughs) right one whole star it was the star war the star war to end all star war let's do some fun facts let's do it i love fun facts george lucas wrote the episode one script by hand with just pencil and notebook paper they actually in show fact. that. I don't know they if show I, either of you have watched the making yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. They in the make the making of episode one might be one of the best film documentaries that's ever been made. That's a special. Wow. Strong it's really words. good though. But that, that's because it's yeah. like there's no music, there's no opinion of it. It's like just raw. It's, it's straight like, fact. Just love. Yeah. Footage. It's it's everything. It's like just verite. Just I mean, there's interviews, right? Or. Uh, uh, kind of. There's more like the person with the camera following Lucas around, and Lucas is like, "Oh, we're gonna do this because I thought it'd be cool or interesting," and, you know. And then they're just walking around. And then they have like Ahmed Best in the, in the thing, like the with the Jar Jar head on top of his head, and they have like George Lucas sitting in 
uh, well, like, yeah. Jake Lloyd's kitchen with him and his parents while they like sign this paperwork that kind of changed his life for oh, better was... or worse. And like, so it's it's just following George. It's just like a follow it's, Verite it's, style. They follow it's like everybody. Production, but what's interesting about that documentary compared to the rest of the other ones that they've done is that they show the positives and the negatives too. Like they show where they hit roadblocks and like when the whole pod race scene got yeah. blown over in the desert, like it shows their frustration or it shows where the dailies aren't coming back the way they hope you get to, uh, um, was it written to the Sith and you have that extremely long documentary, which is really good too. But I feel like they focus mainly on, you know, the positive and let's keep, you know, it, it had a different feel to it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I will definitely check that you out. You should. I... It's, it's both, fascinating really good and very sad at the same time mainly sad because of jake Lloyd. yeah yeah oh boy just because you know like we know now what happened to him you know and th- and that's kind of depressing but like thinking back on uh, uh you know looking at it at the time everyone seems super excited but then when you think about like what happened to him it's yeah it's kind yeah. of sad and it makes me sad yep but anyway uh one of the biggest influences on the making of the phantom menace was the young indiana jones chronicles um and this uh, by the way all these facts are coming from starwars.com they're not from some strange website it says not only did a significant number of the television series crew and production team later work on the phantom menace some of the techniques they perfected while filming the series were then used on episode one. Rick McCallum, producer of the prequel trilogy, called the show a testing bed to learn a new way of making films. Interesting. Yeah, which I find that very interesting. We're not going to go through all these. I'm just going to find uh, a couple like that I find kind of interesting. Like the moving mechanism inside 3PO's head is a missile gyroscope. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Uh, the costume um, colors are specific to the planets of the galaxy far, far away. So, like, each planet has a different color scheme. So, they say Trisha uh, Bigar, Bigger, I don't know how to say her last name, Trisha, worked together to, or, and uh, and uh, Ian McCraig to create palettes of gray, brown, black for Coruscant, green and gold for Naboo, and sun-bleached sandy colors for Tatooine. Hmm... Yeah, Samuel Jackson got the role of Mace Windu in part through an appearance on a on the British talk show TFI Friday to promote a different movie. Okay. And then he said the casting director for the Phantom Menace, Robert Gerland, heard that Jackson made his wish to be in the new Star Wars known while chatting on the talk show, and then the rest is history. So when you're Samuel L. Jackson, all you have to say is, "I want to be in Star Wars," and they're like. Okay. Yeah. Did they, there was an interview. I don't. Remember, I don't. It came out like last year. I want to say, or like closer to celebration, where Samuel Jackson was talking about getting the part, and he didn't know what he was going to be doing. And then when he went to get into the the test, they're like, "Here, you wear these robes," and he's like, "Oh my god, am I like you're you're making me a Jedi?" And he, and they were like. They were like, yeah, so they, he got to pick his ropes. And he was like, oh, my God, he was so excited. And then they're like, all right, now you get to pick your lightsaber. And they open up this thing, and there's, like, all these different hilts. And he was, like, freaking out. I think he also, like, talked Lucas into giving him a purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had read that it, that was definitely his thing. Yeah. He was like, I want purple, which yeah. is so badass. Yeah, super cool. Love it. Ahmed Best I- was discovered through his performance in, a, in the theater show Stomp. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so, like, perfectly 90s amazing yeah. for that to happen. <laughs> <sighs> the three Wookiees in the Galactic Senate all wore the same Chewbacca costume from the Lucasfilm archive. So they... <laughs> so did, they only had one? <laughs> yeah, they they just shot three different people, and I'm guessing edited them into the same scene. That's such a Lucas thing to do, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like, let's save some money. Like, <laughs> just shoot three different Wookiees with the same costume. And then we find out later in episode three that it's just all of them are the same costume. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep changing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the very first scene of The Phantom Menace that was filmed featured Darth Sidious and Darth Maul, which was them on the balcony chatting on Coruscant, 
which is the only time we hear Maul speak in in the mm-hmm. film, right? Yes. Uh, and that that's that was in 1997. That was when they started making this movie, and it didn't come out wow. until 99. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Uh, the Jedi and Sith went through 300 aluminum lightsaber blades because they <laughs> all broke. Wow. Uh, Watto, <laughs> Watto only has one full tusk so that the audience can see his mouth move accurately when he speaks. Oh, they're saying, yeah, if with two tusks he couldn't shape words with M or B. That's weird. Yeah. I think huh. I like that. Huh. And also, Watto was the first CG character the effects team worked on. Mm. Um, and then the some of the cheers and jeers emanating from the audience at the pod race are from a San Francisco 49ers game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which I love. That's fun. That's fun. There was one I saw up here that I liked, too, that Yaddle... Um, was a young Yoda was designed uh, to be young as a young Yoda, like an eight-year-old version of Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of using that, they made it into Yaddle, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Who has like no backstory? No, um, not, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Don't worry. The next yeah. three movies will uh, be the Yaddle effects. Chronicles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. There was a lot of fast food and uh, can premium. I, I think a lot going is on an understatement. There was a S H I T ton of stuff that they put out there. Like they more than yeah. they probably needed to. We talked about all of these Pepsi cans at length in another yes. episode, so I don't want to go too deep into them. But there were tons of Pepsi cans. There were Storm cans. There were the the special Pepsi cans that ha- that were in color that that were like how yeah, you won basically. I'm sure those yeah. are worth a oh, lot of money. Seventy five cents for the aluminum. <laughs> I remember the medallions and going to Pizza Hut yes. a lot to get the little medallions. Uh, oh my gosh, what a what a waste! Well, because back then <laughs> you would collect certain medallions and you would win money. So there was a joint between Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut, yeah. and so that's. Oh, you mean the Pogs? Pretty much the Pogs, yeah. and that's what they got you. It wasn't just yeah. They did that. They did that when the uh, N sixty four came they out, did. also. But what was great is that they didn't just do it at one place. You literally have to go to three different restaurants in order to try to get everything, because each of these had scores, yeah. the little Pog thingies. They had the cups. They had the discs. Um, I mean, it was ridiculous how many things they had, and you would see people get in line for hours in front of these stores just to buy the cups some of these characters on these medallions are super random like like the guy who's like driving this ship that blows up in the first five minutes is on one of these and oh yeah i don't even know i don't even know who that guy Let, is you know leave it at leave it to lucasfilm to be like oh yeah this character is gonna be a big deal and then like first <laughs> shot of the movies them getting <laughs> shot in the chest and you're like oh okay cool <laughs> Um, so much stuff so they much had stuff. they had pizza hut boxes they had these taco bell cups that i desperately want. oh they're easy to find uh <laughs> yeah, i'm sure i want one of these jar jar cups these, so they, bad they made so like, many that every now and then when i go to the flea market with my dad we'll find bags like full bags of the cups and the toppers oh my god we need to go to another go, flea market i need to take guys to the, the san jose one that's the same place where i we found the uh, the pokemon packs like the vintage ones for like three mm. bucks. Oh yeah, setup. okay, yeah. We need, we yeah. do need to go. To I, that I one. find so many random Star Wars things there. Sometimes it's crazy, and they're just like, oh yeah, here a dollar, and it's dangerous yeah. because then I come home with more than I should. And then, and then there's a toy. There's show a toy show in June that we should go to. It's only five dollars. What What's the date, by the way? What's the? <laughs> I'll date look it on up. That? Oh, I, it's early in June. Okay, because I need to. I need it. Better not be on during E three. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure it's not. But by the way, if you're a Star Wars collector, okay. check out flea markets because you can find really cool things for usually pretty cheap. And a lot of this yeah. stuff ended up at flea markets. I've even seen people selling. They had a Pizza Hut pizza boxes with the characters on them. I've seen boxes of unfolded pizza boxes for sale there with these characters on them. Like you can wow. find some really cool things. Yeah. Yeah cups boxes toys like there were so many toys and uh it was funny i i I started my job 
last week and I met um, Tanya, who works at the company that I work at. And she's also a big Star Wars fan. And she has one of those, I think they were at Taco Bell. They were from somewhere, but they were the cubes were like, they had a mirror yeah. in them, and when you looked through one of them, it was Darth Vader, and then when you looked through the other, it was uh, Those were KFC. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you got that from Taco Bell or whatever, and she was like, I don't know where I got it, but I love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's so many, like, things, and it's funny that I remember, like, certain... Some of these toys I totally remember, and then other ones I'm like, I don't remember that, but I would like to have it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah, there was a lot of merchandise released for, yeah. for this movie. It's it's crazy. They even had uh, a NASCAR car with all the characters on them, too. Like, it was one of the first movies to actually buy an entire car that they would race with. And they made miniatures, and they made scale versions oh, wow. of it. It's it's ridiculous how much stuff. But, I mean, they pushed it, and they made their money back for this movie. The The budget was $115 million and the total box office is $1.027 billion dollars billion billion so, i was just gonna say yeah. that myself that's so it, insane and that's just on that the is... tickets can you imagine everything that they sold yeah yeah wait no, the crazy. the movie made uh... that's how much the movie alone yes. made 1.027 billion dollars my god which is insane because you know I think obviously all the merchandise helped with that. Obviously, there's going to be nothing. I mean, the expectations for the film were so high. Everybody wanted to go see it. And, you know, I think people remember their reviews as being, like, really negative. And there, it was it was a literal mix. It was just everything from an A yeah. to an F. Like, like, Roger Ebert loved it. He gave it three and a half stars out of four, saying it was an astonishing achievement in, in imaginative filmmaking, and said, you know, if some of the characters are less than compelling, perhaps that inevitable, because it is the opening film of a new trilogy. And he concluded by saying, you know, give me transparent underwater cities and vast, hollow senatorial spheres any day. Which I love Ebert, because he's always like me. It's just like, yes, candy, visual, cinematic, candy, gimme. Um, yeah. So it made a crap ton of money, and nice. some people loved it, like I, me. Oh, let, let's I not forget, it. too, in 2010, it was re-released in 3D, so again, it brought even more money, because I... Did you guys go see it in 3D? Oh, yeah. No? no. I did. I did. I still have my glasses put away, too, <laughs> with the Darth Maul on them and everything. And, uh, I'm pissed they didn't do the right? rest of them. I was so I mean, they had them that. ready to go. Uh, I think they've screened them at a Star Wars celebration, and that was the only way you could see Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith in 3D. They haven't been released in theaters again. Um, I I doubt that they'll do that again. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll see them again. Yeah, 3D's kind of dying. But yeah, no. It, it was $9.24 million for the initial run and then an additional 102.7 for the second run. But yeah, it was the the high, second highest grossing film worldwide behind Titanic <laughs> at that time. Um, yeah, it was a big hit. Yeah. So, can I read um, you guys something real quick that I found? There's this absolutely. website sure. called Ain't It Cool News. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's like super. Yes, super I've heard of Ain't It Cool stuff. News. And uh, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a website. Um, this was it's published big. September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. Star Wars Episode One title oh announced. This is it, kids. StarWars.com <laughs> announces the official title for the first pre- prequel. And this is like verbatim off the Star Wars website, which you can no longer find this part. One of the most common questions fans have been asking is, what is the title of the new Star Wars movie? We're happy to report that George Lucas has decided to name the new movie Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. As announced earlier, the new movie will appear in theaters in the United States and Canada on May 21st, 1999. What's interesting is if you go down to the comments, which are apparently they still have them from 1998, there was a conspiracy theory uh, that I guess at one point someone had hacked the StarWars.com website and was posting fake news. And there were a number of people who thought this was the same hacker posting a fake title. <sighs> it's wow. It's really, really interesting funny. to read these comments because there's some people going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, maybe the hacker was George Lucas and maybe this is him just testing the waters. And it's like, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? Maybe the hacker was George Lucas. Yep. A twist I don't think so. It's just fun to read. Like, even back in 1998, <laughs> I, there was internet paranoia and weird stuff going on. So it's not just yeah. now. I think if... George has even done it before, but I think if he 
later was like, eh, I don't like the name of that. He would right? just change it. But no, he would hack into a website no. dedicated to his own movies, put up a fake title. Yeah, he could just literally <laughs> go walk into the office and be like, hey, can you uh, like change that? And they'd be like, sure thing, boss, and just change it in five seconds. Like, I don't know. I will, so say, I will say Phantom Menace is the coolest name of any of the films. I'm putting that out there. I'm laying that down. I think it's a really cool name. Hmm. It's it's pretty good. My my personal favorite is The Empire Strikes Back because it just is like, it literally says what's happening in the movie. <laughs> That's uh, why everything else is so literal. This one's a little more literary, mm, and I like it. It's a little. Obscure. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Last Jedi. I think that's the best title. Okay. Because it has so many. It has multiple meanings. It does. It yeah. does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to. Before we wrap this up, I want to read a tweet that I had never thought about, and I think it's kind of interesting. And it's from from my boy Kyle Newman. I don't know if Kyle Newman is, but apparently he he showed up. He showed up on my feed, and I just liked this tweet. And he said, "I love the Phantom Menace. It's bold, flawed, and beautiful indie filmmaking on an epic scale." And I'd never thought of it like that. It is kind of an indie movie. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's some one guy's vision, like, with a billion dollars behind it, or, you know, millions of dollars behind it, and, uh, yeah. Exactly. It's flawed for sure, but I love flaws. No movie's perfect, no show's no. perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Nothing can take that away. Flaws give you something to put on a funny t-shirt. Yeah. I'm all about it. Yep. Um, all about all it. All right, well... Should we get into the news? Let's do it. News. I have good news for you, my lord. So, not a lot of news. Um, and I know that we had talked about the uh, new movie announcements last episode and the uh, film hiatus until 2022. But it was finally confirmed that the new trilogy coming in 2022, 2024, and 2026 will be developed by the showrunners David and uh, David Weiss and DB Weiss. Weiss. I don't yeah. know. I, Benioff. David Benioff and DB Weiss. I just call them D and D. The showrunners of Game of Thrones. Um, and that the new trilogy that's coming is not the one to being developed by Ryan Johnson. Um, and uh, Iger, this was confirmed during a Q&A summit with Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, where he said, we did a deal with David ben- David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are famous for, their, for Game of Thrones, and the next movie we release will be theirs. We're not saying anything more about that. Iger told the crowd. Um, and then they also said that, or he said, my guess is there will probably be at least one more live action series we produce for Disney Plus, a Star Wars series before we release the next film. So we're not, we're not doing nothing. I believe these TV series will be extremely popular for Star Wars fans and very, very valuable to Disney Plus while we gear up for the next set of films. We haven't said anything more beyond what we've announced on the next film. There you go. And then he there said he hasn't go. seen Nine finished yet, but he's confident based on the pieces that and the script that he's read that it's going to be extremely popular. Yeah, I can't wait. Everyone's saying stuff like that. I can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of. Well, I mean, he's also saying that to like... Hype everyone up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, it will be. Uh, people were, yeah. are going to go see this movie a lot, you know. Um and we'll see how people feel about obviously there's going to be a lot of people who are just not happy at all and they've ne- they have not been happy with anything since 19 But you know they're going to buy a ticket. Like, they're never going to change. They're going to yeah, buy a ticket. They are. But but like they they'll never be happy and I don't care about those people. I was going to say I'm so excited for how much I don't but care about anything. I guarantee else. I guarantee there will be people who flip on Last Jedi after this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and then there's going to be people that are just they're just never going to like it or care and whatever. I'm sure whatever they're doing I have faith. They they 
JJ and everybody involved really understand like the mechanics of this world in in even though people claim they don't I think they have a they have an amazing grasp on what makes this franchise or what makes this all tick. Uh D&D though remains to be seen. Now what I find very interesting about this uh is they they said that the next movie they release will be theirs. They didn't say uh that that was a trilogy. Do you think that that has maybe changed? Like maybe they're just doing a movie or do you think maybe they're doing a movie in Ryan Johnson's trilogy or do you think that they are still doing a I trilogy? think they're purposely leaving it vague. I don't know if they're I honestly don't know. It could be any of those, but I don't think they're going to tell us this early um just because they think they learned their lesson when they announced all the different directors for episode 789 and then yep. had to backtrack. I think it would be insane for them to have signed any contract that extended past one movie with these two men. Um, so I don't see them mentioning that. Um, you know, I, Ryan Johnson is a different story. He made a movie. They loved it. They obviously have worked with him extensively at this point and trust him. But even mm-hmm. that, I bet there is an out for Disney in that contract. He's, he, um, he's also one of the, like, him and JJ are the only directors they've worked with so far that haven't had, like, major shakeups yeah. and problems right. with so. Lucasfilm. So. I imagine we'll see. I I'm I would love for this not to be three movies from the same two guys. Um, you know, even the original trilogy of Star Wars wasn't three movies from the same yeah, guy. Yeah, mix it up so a bit. I'd I like that. I, mix it up. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what they were going for with the sequel trilogy, that, like, J.J. would be this overarching sort of, uh, like, he would do the first movie, and then he would be sort of the overarching hand that pushed the story where it needed to go while still giving the, you know, the directors and writers freedom, but then that sort of fell apart. Which, that wasn't explained why, correct? Um, It just kind of didn't happen. No, like, they, they said Colin Trevorrow was off, but they said it was a mutual parting of ways, and I'm thinking a lot of it had to do with... Carrie, mm. I think when Carrie passed, their plans shifted dramatically, and they had to be like, "Listen, this is a completely different movie now, yeah. and you're either on board with it or you're not." And he probably was like, "Not on board that's, with whatever it was going to be. Like, it was not going to be whatever movie he wanted it to be, and that sucks." But like, I don't, you know, it, it is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. Unfortunate. Yeah. So it's very interesting that every trilogy we've had so far has had sort of a different way of making it or or yeah. shepherding it, but we'll see when when it's all over. These trilogy, this trilogy of trilogies. Uh, <laughs> we need a word for that. The, yeah, like a niner. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is I hope we get more movies like Rogue One. Give me, give me more of that kind of movie. I think I'm more. We get that on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you're gonna get more sh- shows in that vein. Is that like you're gonna get stuff like that? I think they're gonna try and make the movies as big and bombastic as possible, like. Or give me an animated movie on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> anyway. Well, John Williams seems pasta positive about the new film. <laughs> John Williams yeah. seems pasta. Uh, let me open up this story. I did read a story about this. Um. So, during an interview with The Times, John Williams, composer of pretty much every Star Wars movie except Solo and Rogue One? Yes. Uh, Said that around 25 minutes of the score had been completed, and he said this uh, with regards to the film. Said Williams beams when he talks about watching an early cut of Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker, which will bring the nine film Space Saga to an end this Christmas. He likes what he has seen, quote, very much. And so far, he's seen about 25 minutes of score in in about a month. Um, or he's a written about story. 25 minutes of score in a month. Yeah, but he claims that he likes what he's seen. And apparently, he starts. they start recording it, like, really soon. I think, like, in the yeah. next couple of weeks. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Yeah. And, I, and Becky will know this, too, as a fellow video editor. Like, it's hard to tell uh, what's good until the music is in it yeah like i I, when i would do video essays i would be putting them together and i'm like this is so boring like (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, this sucks. And then the second I throw music in there, all of a sudden it, it it's, all it's clicks. It clicks into place. It's like the glue that holds everything together. And then you're like, Absolutely. oh, I was making something kind of cool after all, like the whole time, <laughs> you know? For sure. I imagine in, a, in, a, in this scenario that the editors are putting in temp score to help... Uh, you know, uh, the pace sure. of the film out it's, as it's they JJ go. It's J.J. Abrams just going... Yeah, that, and they've got eight minutes, <laughs> or not eight minutes, they've got eight movies of score that they can right. pull from and just be like, oh yeah, this is all temp score. Yep. You know, like all I'm that sure. I like my version better. J.J. Sure. Abrams just humming it. And then here I wanted to go... Bah, 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 bah. And you're like, all right, okay. <laughs> um... We sort of talked about this one. Bob mm-hmm. Iger confirms third live-action Star Wars TV. I'm fairly certain that that is the Obi-Wan show. Fingers crossed. We'll Fingers crossed. That would be great. I want to see uh, Ewan McGregor Please. play Obi-Wan yes. again. Please, just give it to yeah. me. That's all I want. I need That's all it. I've ever really wanted. He like, wants to really do want it. Anything. Yeah. He does. Like... I love this fandom. I love this Star Wars. I feel like I've been given more than I could ever possibly want, and I'm happy, and I'll shut up. But I want to see Ewan McGregor <laughs> as Obi-Wan again. Can we That's see Liam Neeson as a Force Ghost Qui-Gon, too? I feel like we'd, we'd, we'd need a little bit sure. of that since we kind of got that, what was it, in uh, Rebels? Or, or no, Clone <gasps> Wars, right? Whoa, but... And there's that great story in um, uh, from a certain point of view that has Force Ghost Qui-Gon and Old Ben uh, there we go. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, which could be good source let's material. Do, let's for do that. it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, final news story. And this is, I believe, is happening when we're at yeah. D23. We're going to try to actually go to this, so fingers crossed. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see if we can pull it off. Uh, James Earl Jones and John Favreau, they'd also, they don't mention here, but uh, uh, who, who else got it? It was um, Iron Man Man. Why can't I think of his name? Well,. <laughs> So, so they're being no. Uh, they're the part actor. of the. Uh, oh, Robert yes. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. I I think also is getting one of these, but I don't think this site doesn't mention it because Robert Downey Jr. is not a Star Wars actor. Um, but they're being added to the list of Disney legends at this year's D twenty three Expo, which includes uh people like Mark Hamill and the late. I'm going to read some of the people for this year. That it, it sounds really cool. So you have sure. Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau. James Earl Jones, Bette Midler. Uh, who else do you have? You oh. have some Robin Roberts, uh, Diane Sawyer. Oh. Me, okay, I'm going to butcher her name, which I feel horrible. Ming-Na Wen. So I'm super yes! excited to see her because not only is she in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she's also the original Mulan. Yeah. Hans Zimmer's going to be in it too. She's like, also... They, they have some oh. really, really cool people that are going to be inducted this year. And it's Friday at 10 a.m., and I'm going to try really hard to be in the room for this because I really want to see it. Iron Man yeah. and Darth Vader slash Mufasa slash the dad from uh, Coming to America. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, is Coming to America a Disney No, I'm just saying because James Earl Jones is in there. <laughs> I was going to oh, say. Oh, it was? That'd be awesome. That'd be, that's, I love Coming yeah, to America. It's one of my favorite movies. Such mm-hmm. a fun movie. The Golden Arches. They're not McDonald's. They're McDonald's. Um, uh, this is going to be cool. This yeah. is going to be one of the big panels at D23 this year, and I'm hoping to uh, go and watch this in person. Yeah, speaking of D23, again, if you hadn't already picked up, Alex Woo! and I are going to be there, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be giving out a bunch of Star Wars stuff. So find us. We'll be hanging out. We like Possibility of a meetup, but I, I doubt it. At the we'll very see. least, we're going to hide things we'll around see how the things convention go. center. Um, I'm working on some really cool Star Tours-themed possibly either buttons or stickers so uh keep an eye out on our instagram do 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 yeah all right it's time for creature of the week i thought this felt bad on the outside (laughs) our creature of the week is the colo clawfish the colo clawfish also spelled (laughs) Holo <laughs> Oh, because it's together. I get it. Okay, I get it. Nope, sorry. That was weird if I was reading it. Uh, was a large, nightmarish creature found in the depths <laughs> of Naboo Seas. Is this the thing that eats the other fish or gets this eaten? This is the one that is in the cave. 
when they turn on the headlights and it freaks them out. Uh -huh. and this is also the same one that grabs your Star Tours, your Star Speeder 1000 in the new updated Star Tours. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it gets eaten. It does. Yes. Or it okay. Gets I think it gets scared, scared away, away because the one that gets eaten fish. is the the other fish. The Sando Aqua Monster. The Aqua Monster eats sure. the. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Give me a quick second. There was like three nope. different fish. Oh, I just OPC read further in. All right. By the larger guy. <sighs> okay. Are you sure? Hang on. We're gonna read this together then. Nightmarish creature found in the depths of Naboo seas, as well as the Cordaxian Sea. Uh, the Colo had flat, eel, had a flat eel-like body, a bioluminescent tail, a crocodile-like head, and a row of sharp teeth and set mandibles. While trying to reach Thede during the invasion of Naboo, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Jar Jar Binks were attacked by a Colo fish before this Colo could seriously damage the ship's bongo. Is yep. that really what it's called? Yeah, it's called All a bongo. Right. It, w it was fended off by an even larger Sando Aqua Monster. Cola okay. fish were considered to taste well, and they were edible by humans. Ooh. If you well, could I get, if you could kill one. <laughs> I don't know the chain of, of 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 fishy eating in that sequence, but yeah, the chain of has, command. Yeah, this one had the cool racing stripes, electric stripes along its body. Yeah. It's cool. It's creepy. Yeah. Very nightmare. It's really cool design. I really like it. It is. I'm really glad that it popped up in Star yeah. Tours too. Man, I cannot wait to go to Disneyland <laughs> again. It's like, gonna be fun. It's, it's been be a fun. while. It's been a while. I haven't been in you know. Oh, a while. so Becky started thinking about so. what you want us to pick up from there for you because yes. I'm gonna be shopping like crazy. So just let us know. Will do. If you need Ahsoka's lightsabers, I'm I can get you Ahsoka's lightsabers. If yes. you need Sasha Ventress's lightsabers, I can get those too. Because th yes. that's the set that I'm definitely going to get for myself or for my wife. Someone, one of us is going to come home with one of those. <laughs> well, amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, what else can we say? I think that's it. I think that's all we got. I think that's going to be it. Go read Dark Disciple so we can all do book club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll put it on the there Patreon feed. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, go to patreon.com slash radio. Even a dollar a month gives you access to a bunch of stuff. We are actually, I am going to, because our anniversary is this week, and I, we sort of have a tradition now of sort of reconfiguring the Patreon every year and stuff uh i have actually some new graphics and logos and stuff that we can play with and possibly we'll talk about it soon some other maybe benefits alternative benefits that we could we be can giving be our podcast patrons friends with benefits <laughs> oh no um <laughs> on that note on that note, uh, you can find me personally at the on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. Where can all the folks find you guys? You can find me on the Twitters at Rebecca June Lane. I'm also on Instagram, but I don't really post on Instagram. Um, but I like your posts, so yeah. And we have an official thing of both of those at LTA underscore radio, which Alex does such amazing work with. And yeah, Alex, uh, they, they can find you? me on Instagram, Dapper underscore Fett. Again, our Instagram is at LTA radio. And check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash long time ago radio. If you have some money right now, they're collecting uh, funds for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. It's a $20 donation, oh, and you yes. get a coin. Uh, you know, as a thank you gift. So uh, check out our Facebook. We have that information up there and the money goes to a good cause. Yeah, we didn't even mention Peter's passing. I feel like we should all try our best Wookiee noise in honor of him right now. I'm really bad. I'm the worst. <laughs> all right. Um, and then one final thing, if y'all like horror movies, uh, we talked about this last episode, but we launched a horror movie podcast. And uh, me, myself, and some other game industry folk and other people that come through, it's called Dark Corridors. It's available on all of the uh, podcast services that you can think of, iTunes, Spotify, all the good stuff. 
We just posted a new episode today, actually. So a couple days, probably a day or two after you're listening to this. Uh, about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Ooh. And I had never seen it before. And boy, that was that's, intense. That's a movie. Intense, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a yeah. movie. Uh, but it was a really fun conversation. And I... Hashtag uh, Leatherface did nothing wrong. Uh, well... <laughs> He was just protecting his home. These stupid girls kept running in there and being like, whatever. He was whatever. Just I mean, I got to give him kudos for, you know, making that mask and preserving bodies. And, you know, that's yeah. that takes that takes effort and time. He, he was just trying to do his craft, yeah. you know. Leave me to my craft. <laughs> I don't know why he's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds right. That sounds that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> if you're right, Brian. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Anyway, that's gonna that's gonna yeah. do it for this show. Uh, may the force be with you. Right. All. Goodbye. Peace.